This is On and Off Your Mat podcast, episode 87, Five Reasons Why You Procrastinate. Is I don't have time a go-to excuse in your life? Or maybe you've had more time in the last year, yet you still struggle to do some of the things you've been telling yourself you would do when you would have more time. Maybe you are not that person who took advantage of extra free time during COVID season to clean out your garage or finally get in shape or write the book you've been talking about for years. Well, if that sounds like you, this episode is for you. So for today's episode, it's just me. I'm taking the spotlight again. You can check my other solo episodes. There was number 77 called Setting Goals and Moving Forward. This will be a nice compliment to today's episode. And then number 73, Yoga, Chronic Pain and Mental Health. That was definitely a more personal episode, although offering tools to help you deal with chronic pain if that's something you live with. So coming back to today's episode... There is a section on my website, and I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to check it out, where you can tell me what you struggle with, what you need support with or help around. And I've decided to use that section as inspiration to create these solo episodes and other content that I offer. So one of the things that have consistently come up since my website is live is procrastination being an issue or a variant, something like time management or motivation. So today's episode is a teaser for a much bigger course that I'm offering that I've put together, but it's not quite ready to launch yet. So I'm just teasing you about it today. The course will be called Finally Beat Procrastination, How to Gain Control Back Over Your Life and Harness Your Fullest Potential. So since it's not available just yet, I would strongly encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. I'll put a link for that too in the show notes or just go to my website, ericabelanger.com. There's many places you can sign up there. And that way you'll be the first to know when I'm ready to go. And you'll also receive in the meantime, other free content to help you take steps in the right direction in the meantime. If you like this podcast, you can continue to get inspired and learn even more with a premium subscription. As a member, you get early access to regular episodes, a ton of exclusive audio and video content, and the ability to request the exact kind of episode you need to continue to deepen your practice. This podcast is a way I contribute to the community, and I think this membership can be a way you contribute too. It would allow you to share everything yoga has to offer with the world by supporting me in the creation and the production of this podcast, and also allowing me to do it ad-free. If you'd like to make a difference, visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat and become a premium member. And I will thank you right now in advance for your support. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hi guys, welcome. So procrastination, as I said in the intro, is pretty prevalent. It could look very insignificant in your life and have really small consequences, or it can have really big consequences. And if you are someone who procrastinates, you might have asked yourself and stopped before and really wonder like, why, why do I do this to myself? Why do I procrastinate? Why do I do this thing that brings negative consequences in my life? But yet I do it anyway. I don't know for you, but this kind of reflection for me is so mind boggling and it's been for such a long time. But when you understand what procrastination is, it starts to make a little bit more sense why we do it. 
externally in your life, it might look like really simple things, like you're just not quite getting stuff done, you don't feel like you're progressing, you're kind of on a status quo journey, um, you're not quite achieving goals that you talk about or that you wish in your heart, maybe you feel like you're wasting time or you're a little stressed. And that might be like something that feels normal and not a huge deal for you. But it can also have really, really big impacts that maybe you don't notice or you don't associate or attribute to your procrastination patterns. It will definitely impact your mental and your physical health. And at work, it might go as far as ruin your career, right? Like if you're not meeting deadlines or target sales, let's say, you might miss out on promotions. You might get fired, you might lose your job, you might damage your reputation. Then if you look at your family, you might be setting, you know, your kids up for the same kind of patterns for lesser grades or schools that are not as good or just creating this familial self-handicapping pattern. And maybe you don't follow through on what you say you will do to your kids or to your partner and you're disappointing your loved ones again and again. So that will have much bigger consequences that maybe you don't notice. Internally, you might feel not accomplished, not fulfilled, just not happy. And you might not think like that is because you procrastinate, but maybe there's a direct link there. You might feel like you're surviving instead of really thriving in life, or you might feel like you're a constant disappointment to yourself it might affect your self-trust, your self-esteem, your confidence, obviously bringing all of those down. And you might feel, you know, over time kind of helpless or have regrets down the line, frustrated with yourself, overwhelmed, disempowered, you know, just out of control. There's so many things that you might experience from your patterns of procrastination. So let me tell you, as we're starting, you're definitely not alone. And it's definitely possible to change. So knowing that procrastination is a complex issue, though, we have to look at the whole picture and we have to address and understand ourselves within that mechanism because it is a coping mechanism. So we'll come back to that in a moment. But in the last year with COVID, we had time, we had chances and possibility to really look at ourselves and to look and reflect and turn inward, especially if we you did have more time on your hands. Not everybody did. Some people had their plate more full because, you know, they had homeschooling and other things added to their schedule, but things were definitely different. So when things are different, we have a chance to reflect on them. And then you might have found yourself doing the same things you were doing and questioning what is happening. So the first reason why we procrastinate, the first issue with this pattern is as simple as a lack of awareness of understanding ourselves, what we need and our coping mechanism. So you might have found that through COVID you were procrastinating much more than normal or than average. So becoming aware of why you procrastinate, who you are, what you need, what you're trying to do when you procrastinate will definitely help you break the pattern. So that's really the first step to look at. So that lack of awareness and understanding in ourself and our coping mechanism just allows us to stay on autopilot. 
and do the thing that is the easiest in the moment and do the thing that requires the less effort in the moment. But it doesn't mean that that's the thing we need and it doesn't mean that that's the thing that will bring us happiness in the long run. So the real cause of procrastination, and you might think it's a time management issue, but it's really not. Time management is a strategy, it's a skill that is part of a bigger picture that is included in procrastination. But procrastination is an emotional regulation problem. I'm going to say this again. It's not a time management problem. It's an emotional regulation problem. So what does that mean? It's a way of coping. It's a way of coping with challenging emotions and negative moods that are induced by certain tasks that we have to do. Um, Tasks that might bring up boredom or anxiety or insecurity in ourselves or frustration or resentment or self-doubt and beyond. You can, you know, fill in the blank with any uncomfortable, challenging emotion you might experience. And procrastination is about being more focused on the immediate urgency of managing that negative emotion then getting on with a task or with a choice or a situation that will bring us something positive in the future. So it seems ironic because we procrastinate to avoid a negative feeling, but we end up feeling even worse when we procrastinate regularly. So it's a really faulty coping mechanism. And we don't have a better mechanism for challenging emotions and negative moods. So we let avoidance of pain give us direction. We let our avoidance of pain create our priorities. We let our avoidance of pain stop us from creating plans, goals, and establishing structures. So if you want to stop procrastinating, you need Number one, to understand what emotions you're avoiding and why you're avoiding these particular emotions. And of course, we want to avoid pain. That's really obvious. (laughs) If that's your answer, you're right. You're on the right track. But you need to go further. You also need to understand what procrastination is bringing to you, what needs It is meeting in your life because whatever we do in life, we have a reason for it. I promise it is not random. And you'll start to see the patterns as you start to see what you avoid and what you get out of procrastination. There's kind of a balance there that makes it worth it for you in the moment. And as you start to see the pattern and as you start to see the impact and the consequences of procrastination on your life, naturally you're going to want to do it less. And I'm not saying like, oh, that's a super easy, quick fix. It's definitely not. It's the hardest fix of everything I'm going to talk about today. I'm just starting with that because it's understanding who you are and taking actions in the present moment with things that are challenging and uncomfortable. And instead of avoiding them, facing them, And when you do, then you will not procrastinate. Procrastination is your not facing choice of what is uncomfortable. So in the course, um, we will definitely look at how do we learn our patterns 
And then once we know what our patterns are, how do we notice them in the moment? How do we interrupt them in the moment? And how we replace them with more productive or healthy or helpful patterns instead. And one of the patterns that we're going to look at is our reason number two, but in the course, we're going to look at over 20 different patterns. So there's so many reasons why we procrastinate. And with each pattern, there's a particular strategies that goes with it. So reason number two is that there's friction between our future self and our present self. And we talked about it a little bit when we when I just covered um, your lack of awareness around your procrastinating pattern and the fact that you're procrastinating in the present to avoid discomfort in the present, despite whatever action you need to do would bring you positive emotions or positive results in the future. So that discrepancy between present and future is a big issue. And that friction comes from the idea that we value immediate rewards much more than future rewards, right? And since procrastination is about doing something right now that affects us in the future, it gives us a future reward. And so it's kind of like our reward system is faulty again. And so if the goal is set by your future self, right? Your future self is looking at the future and is setting a goal for you to attain, knowing that once you progress, once you do this new thing, once you achieve this, who you will have become on the way there, that will bring you happiness, that will bring you fulfillment. And so it's looking way past ahead. But the future self it values those long-time rewards, but it's not the person, it's not the version of yourself that is actually taking action. The only part of yourself that can take action is your present self. And your present self, it doesn't value future rewards because it doesn't live in the future, it lives in the present. And so it values immediate reward. And this is where the friction comes in, is that the part of yourself that takes action is not the part of yourself that receives the reward from the action you've taken. And so there's many different ways we can look at this, but just to go a little deeper, to make things worse, we're even less able to make thoughtful, future-oriented decision when we are stressed. And I don't know about you, but I don't know a lot of people in my life that can say that they're stress-free right now. So even if we intellectually recognize that we're putting off the task and that by putting off the task, we're actually creating more stress in our life or more stress on our future selves, our brain is still wired to be more concerned with removing the threat in the present right now. So removing the stress in the present right now by not doing the thing at all. So the fact that the reward is in the future also comes to the idea that the consequence is in the future as well, right? So there's a lack of consequence in the present. So that present self doesn't get reward and doesn't get consequences. So does it want to take action that is challenging and uncomfortable? No, definitely not, because there's nothing pushing and there's nothing pulling, right? So the idea that there's a lack of consequence, let's say you're trying to lose weight, right? Um, and your present self wants a donut, 
Well, if you eat a donut today, you're not going to really feel the difference in your weight today, right? You're not going to feel the difference in your health today. You're not going to have any consequences in the moment. So the way your brain is working is just going to tell you, no biggie, just have the donut. We'll deal with the issue in the future. Your future self will deal with the issue in the future. So chances are you're going to have that donut unless you have all sorts of tools to help you stay in the present and remember the consequences in the future or connect to the consequences in the future emotionally or connect to the reward in the future emotionally. That emotional connection is really important. We'll come back to that. So if the goal is too far, right? If you want to lose 20 pounds, it might take three months. So for that number to happen only three months from now, it's really hard in the moment, in the present, to take action for that goal that is so future and so ahead of us. So one of the questions, if we come back to the reason number one, why we procrastinate, which was your lack of awareness and understanding of yourself, what you need and your coping mechanisms right now, if we think of that, What emotion does that friction between your future self and your present self bring up for you? Does it bring up frustration that you can't do the thing that feels good in the moment? Does it bring up envy of other people that maybe just do whatever they want? Does it bring up anxiety? Okay, so there's also an emotional response there. And then in the course, we'll look at how do we set the right goals for you and how we found the right strategies for you to achieve those goals, including how do we create a reward system that works for us and a consequence system that works for us. As I was saying, how do we tap into the emotion that is related to that reward and that consequence? Because this is where shift really happens. And with those system, with those strategies, it helps you with the friction between your future self and your present self. So, We've done reason one and reason two. Let's go to reason three now. Why we procrastinate? Well, because the task is unappealing, really, that's simple. And that might feel like out of your control, like it's just something you have to do. But it's not really the case because your experience is really the meaning you give to your experience. It's the way you define, it's the way you use your words and your body to explain to yourself what is the experience. So whether the task is unappealing or not, a big part of it is the way you talk about the task, is the way you see the task, is your perception on the task. But if we look at that idea of the meaning you attached to what you have to do, then it will change. It will change many things. It will change the emotional response. It will change what you feel is a consequence or a reward from it. It will change your understanding of why you're showing up. So all the choices I made today and the reasons that I'm presenting, they're all coming in together into this one bigger package, if you can see that. So your present self, see again, friction between your present self and your future self, your present self doesn't think it's fun right? Maybe the task is overwhelming. Maybe it creates discomfort. Maybe it's frustrating. Maybe it's tedious. Maybe it's boring. (laughs) So whatever you think or you label the task to be, that's going to be your experience of the task. So that's one part. Another part is that 
One of the reasons why you label a task a certain way, especially a negative way, is that you're unclear on why you need to do that task. And our why in life on anything we need to do, on anything we want to do, is really an important key to our levels of motivation. So if your why is vague or is wrong, if it's a why that's around what you should do, what you think other people think you should do, it's going to create an emotion that's going to be in the realm of um, confusion or demotivation. So getting really clear on why you're doing something will really push you to actually do it because the reward is not just a random thing that you think you want is actually the real thing you want because that's also an issue you might create a reward for yourself like I want to lose weight because I want to fit in this bikini I have for next summer whatever but the truth is fitting in the bikini might very well not bring you any happiness at all in that moment What you actually want is feel more comfortable in your body, feel more confident, is to breathe a little bit easier, to stand a little taller. So whatever is the real deeper motivation, the real why you're doing it, and it might be even like, be alive. You want to lose weight to be alive, to play with your grandkids, right? The more important and related to your true levels of happiness or fulfillment in life, the clearer you are on that, the more motivated you're going to be to do the task. If I tell you you have to clean the garage just because it's a mess, ugh, I don't really want to do it. But if you find a really good reason why clearing the garage would bring you something really positive in life, then you're probably going to want to do it more. All right? So, getting clear on why you have to do something. Another part of what makes a task unappealing is the level of difficulty. So if you perceive the task to be too difficult, if you perceive yourself not to have the knowledge or just a gap between the difficulty and your competence at this task, if that gap feels a little too big, like you have to watch you know, five YouTube tutorials before you can start the thing, well, that will create an emotion. It will probably create a feeling of being less than or not being smart or being an imposter or whatever it brings up when the task is a little too big or too challenging for you. That emotion will make the task unappealing and the fact that the task is unappealing will create an emotion that will stop you from taking action. Another example would be perfectionism. Right? It's kind of the same idea. It's not that the task is too hard. It's that you'll never do it well enough. You'll never be perfect enough. So you're so afraid of making mistakes. You're so afraid of other people seeing your flaws. You're feeling so overwhelmed by the size, by the pressure you're putting on yourself. Then it feels so attainable, unattainable actually, that you rather not even start and try because you know you're going to fail and that feeling of failure is going to bring up stories and emotions and so might as well just not even go there, right? So the task itself is not fun, you're unclear on your why, um, the level of difficulty is too great or is perceived as too great, you're trying to be perfect and then there's another possibility 
there's this possibility of perceived control. So you might think that this is only good for teenagers, right? Like if I tell you to do something, you're not going to want to do it just because I told you. But if you look honestly in your life, even if you're a grown adult, if your parents make a suggestion, still you might feel like I don't want to do it because it was suggested by them. Or if your partner, especially in the middle of a fight, make a suggestion, you might decide that that suggestion is unrelevant. Um, so that idea is that when we don't perceive that we are in control, then when we don't perceive that doing that action, making that choice, doing that task is not our choice, then we rebel. We act impulsively against that. Um, we feel a lack of self-control. We might feel like we need to blow off that pressure and just not do the task and not experience that. So those are all ways that a task might seem unappealing, even if it seems like a task, when you think about it intellectually, it's easy and simple. And if you just got to it, it would be done in no time. If for any reason you feel like you're not in control of your choice, that you have to do it perfectly, that it's too difficult, that you don't really know why clearly you actually have to do this thing, or it just brings up unappealing emotions, then you're not going to want to do it. Can you see the emotional pattern here again, right? So when it comes to like task aversion in my course, um, we're going to look at how to make an unappealing task more fun and how to clarify your why. That's going to be a big part. How to make the task more empowering, even if it's a suggestion from someone else and how to build your own confidence around your capacity so you can deal with the level of difficulty and so you can deal with your tendencies for perfectionism if that's your case all right reason number four reason number four why we procrastinate why we don't do the things we want to do or we say we're gonna do is fear and beliefs in general beliefs we have about ourselves the way we identify so there's no greater force in life than us trying to Um, prove to ourselves that we are right, trying to cement our identity. So if you have a fear of failure, you might not start at all because again, you're going to avoid a disappointment or the shame of failing. So your idea, your belief around what it means to succeed or to be successful are going to have a huge impact on the fact that you are doing or not doing something, right? It's not only on your definition of success, but also just with your meaning or the way you perceive challenges. Are you perceiving challenges as something you're not supposed to have? Are you perceiving challenges as something that are is like a problem and you should get rid of and fix? Are you perceiving challenges as something that is motivating and pushing you to do better and encouraging you to figure things out and problem solve? Those are very different attitudes, right? So just the meaning or the beliefs you have around success and the beliefs you have around failure and the beliefs you have around problems versus challenging and your growth, all of those beliefs are going to affect whether you're going to take action or not. Then The context also, like if you're going to be evaluated in some way or if you perceive you're going to be evaluated or judged on that thing in some way, that's going to create anxiety for many people or depression because it's going to bring up other past failures, especially if you define failures as something negative. 
And if you struggle in general with taking criticism, that's going to be really hard. If doing something, you're going to receive a comment from a parent, from a partner, from a coworker, from a boss, you might not want to do it because you don't want to hear what they have to say about it because you're already judging yourself so harshly then you can just imagine what they think and chances are you're wrong and you're being way harder on yourself than they would be on you but you're assuming you're hearing your words and your thoughts and your stories through their mouths then there's also just the idea of self-handicapping which i talked just quickly in the beginning when i talked about your familiar patterns and self-sabotaging so self-handicapping is when we use procrastination as an excuse instead of making an effort, right, to avoid, um, to take responsibility. And that comes back to that idea of your identity. So if you identify as a procrastinator, and that's part of who you are, then that gives you the perfect key to not have to do it. It gives you the perfect excuse to be like, well, you know, I'm just a procrastinator. So it's not about the effort that you made that was not great enough. It was, it's not about your lack of abilities. It's not about some unhealthy behavior you chose. So you don't have to take responsibility and you reinforce your identity of being a procrastinator. So it's a win-win for your brain, but it's a lose-lose for your life and your happiness. And then self-sabotaging is similar, but it's more the idea that you just don't deserve a good thing. So if you don't deserve a good thing, and that might be like very deep inside of you, it's not something you might say out loud or think clearly to yourself, like intellectually, you actually think you don't deserve something good in your life. It might be really deep down and hidden, but if there's a part of you that feels like you're undeserving, you're unworthy then why make an effort to get it because you're not going to get it? You're not going to get something you don't deserve. You're not going to get something that is not meant for you in that way, right? So then why even try? You know you're going to be disappointed down the road. So that feeling of not deserving a good thing is one of the ways we self-sabotage right from the get-go, like right, right, right from the beginning, And then just other labels. So other things that come to your identity. Maybe it's not, I'm a procrastinator, but maybe you have labels of low efficacy. Maybe you think things like, I'm not good at X, Y, Z. Um, And it might be other words like, I suck at this or I can't do this. Like we all have these things in our life that we define ourselves by, right? Like I'm not good at maths. So that means I can't budget. I can't grow my finances and my wealth. I can't save money. Like this is an excuse. The fact that you're not, you were not successful in a typical math class in school doesn't mean you can't be financial dependent today, right? I hope you can see that link, but we are creating these things in our heads and we're running with it. We're like, oh, I suck at math. I suck at numbers. So I'm not even going to try to straighten up my finances. So those are labels that we put on ourselves, right? Things that we're not good at. And then it might also be just labels of lack of caring. Like, you know me, I'm so easy. I don't care. I... Um, like making it pass for being carefree 
But in reality, it's not that you're carefree, it's that you care so much and so deeply that it hurts, and then you pretend like you don't care because that's easier. And by pretending that you don't care, you take actions that will not give you result because it doesn't matter because you don't care. <laughs> okay, so it's kind of a bad, vicious circle here. And then it might also be labels around like laziness, like, oh, I'm just lazy, especially if you're in the like a bit more of a depressive mood, being lazy, being unmotivated. The more you tell yourself these things, the more you're going to be these things. So again, it's all about your emotional response, right? I hope you see that all those reasons are not time management issues. They're not skills that you don't have uh, and to-do lists that you don't do. It's really all emotional based. So in the program, we'll learn how to challenge the meaning you put on your experience and on yourself and the labels, the stories you tell yourself, how to practice acceptance instead and compassion and forgiveness. And there's going to be practices for you to do directly, um, how to let go and how to bring in other strategies and other tools, something like visualizations, right? Because when we repeat ourselves that we suck at something, we're basically visualizing ourselves um, sucking at it. So bringing the opposite and finding tools that help you create a more positive vision of what is possible in your life. And once you have that, then meeting your needs. If you've looked at the reason number one, that lack of awareness of your needs and your coping mechanism and procrastination patterns in general, once we know what we do need, can we meet those needs and can we settle or create better coping mechanisms to help us? So that's something we'll do around that reason number four. Now, last reason, number five, and this is where time management comes in, is that you're lacking strategies. And it's just maybe things you've never learned or you've never needed to learn or you didn't think you needed. <laughs> now you're realizing like, oh, maybe some strategies will be helpful. Um, I strongly believe that whatever you do in life, 80% of it is mindset. And those are the four other reasons we looked at, right? Their emotional response, everything that's related to the way you perceive yourself in the world. And 20% is strategies, is knowing what to do. But there's no point, there's no amount of strategies that will help you achieve what you want to do if you arrive with a negative mindset, if you arrive with a mindset that I can't do this, it's not worth it, there's no point then you're not going to use those strategies efficiently. So if you're missing some strategies, if you don't actually know how to change what to do differently, then that's hard. It's hard to actually take the steps in the right direction. Even if your mindset is starting to shift, it's really important to kind of do both at the same time, right? Take new action, make new choices, but also look at our thoughts and look at our patterns emotionally because those two come together and create different results. So it might be strategies around how to persevere, um, how to focus better, um, how to envision the future, um, strategies around staying motivated, strategies around energy control, and that's going to be a huge part of the program, time management itself. Um, so size, if you can see now, like the size of the time management compared to the root issue of procrastination, but what we'll do is learn to reduce the odds and create support 
for yourself so you can prioritize on the things that will actually bring you what you really want. But again, if you don't know what you really want, how are you going to get there, right? So really getting clear on all these things. We'll look at strategies for time management and daily productivity. Um, Example would be like how to use visual cues to support you, to motivate you, to keep you on track. We'll look at how to create routines and habits to support you so things become as more effortless as possible. So it's not about your will and your determination and your power. It's about creating structures that make things easy. Because obviously, if you think about it, if it's all about will, determination, and power, your future self and your present self are going to have a lot of friction, right? Because the reward, the consequences are not going to align and you're, it's going to work for a little bit. And that's probably what has happened in your life. You set some goals, you had some good momentum in the beginning, and then it just kind of dwindles and disappears. Because you didn't have a routine and habits that were set, you were just going on willpower and determination, which is great to start, but it's not sustainable. So we'll do all of this. And there's so many other strategies too that you can learn to understand, to show up, to take action, and to create really the life that you want to live to your fullest potential. And you might not even have allowed yourself to dream that. Like that that is not even a thing that is possible for you in your life. But I encourage you to allow yourself, to give yourself the permission to Think, what is that fullest potential? What could my life look like if I would fully step in into that? But as you see, procrastination is no joke, right? It's a complicated issue. The roots are deep and well, you know, they are strong. But there's definitely ways that we can address it and start to change it little by little. And over time, it will create huge, huge differences in your life. All right. So right now, don't procrastinate on this. Do this right now. Go sign up for my newsletter. Go onto my website, ericabelanger.com. Sign up on there. Take this first step towards a happier, more fulfilled life. There's one rule that I've learned uh, in the last few years and around procrastination. And it is, if it takes less than a minute do it now. So every time you see that one thing that's, you know, (laughs) your bed isn't made or you didn't change the toilet paper roll, whatever it is, if it takes less than a minute, just do it now. Taking that habit is really, really creating good, winning, positive momentum in your life. So go sign up right now. It will take you 20 seconds, tops. Go do it. And then you will already be on this journey with me, with yourself. you already have taken a positive step and you'll already be reaping some rewards. No matter, even if you do nothing else, something will have happened. Take a moment now to congratulate yourself. You made it to the end of this episode. You knew you needed to hear some of these things and you are willing to look inward. You are willing to show up. Now, this was an introduction, right? There's just so much we can (laughs) cover in one podcast episode. But know that there's so much more out there to support you when you're ready to take steps on this journey. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
please subscribe, rate and review anywhere you listen if you haven't already. Come and connect with me on Instagram at On and Off Your Mat Podcast and visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat to become a premium member. Get your hands on our exclusive content, give back to the community and then visit ericabelanger.com or check the links in the show notes for you to sign up for my newsletter to be the first to know about my course finally beat procrastination how to gain control back over your life and harness your fullest potential check out the show notes also to find my biggest takeaways from this episode for you and before we go i just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible once again guys thank you for listening until next time